All right, guys, this is a long podcast. This is the longest podcast I have ever done, but it was so worth it. The insight and advice from this person, I've been waiting on this since I wanted to start doing a podcast, and this this guest that I brought on uh, is truly remarkable, and I'm so thankful he decided to, to g- just give me his time. And uh, if you guys can sit through the entire hour or you're making dinner and you want to throw it on the background, mazel tov. Uh, if you don't make it through all of it, I understand, but... What a uh, what a experience! So check us out, the guys. This is Lee Asher. There we go. Now we got the voice. All right, we'll do we'll do voice and uh, call it good. Okay, so then let me do this. I'm gonna move my microphone closer to me, so you probably get better sound that way. And let me plug in some head some ugly big huge studio monitor headphones that's hard to wear online because i look goofy (laughs) but i'll hear better okay so can you hear me i can loud and clear and i can hear you loud and clear so i think we have a winning situation i think we're good to go how you doing i'm doing well i so i first of all i really really appreciate you you coming on to do this um the the biggest thing that I wanted to to bring you on for is so I've done magic for about fifteen years and I ran into you via Twitter. Uh, not honestly sure how. Uh, David Blaine followed me about a year ago, and cool. yeah, it was an extremely emotional moment for me. <laughs> and <clears throat> there's not a lot of people with the passion that we both share to the extent that we share it and the community for me is mostly online because i'm from uh, illinois and it's just unless you get to chicago it's not a huge uh where where specifically in illinois it's have you ever heard of springfield yeah of course okay it's about two hours south of that if you go south of champaign i don't know if you've ever heard of andy dallas of course andy's actually the guy that mentored he was the president of the SAM for a while, right? Yes. Yep. He mentored and, me and for I, he mentored me for about ten years. Cool. You know, I I met Andy Dallas a couple of times, obviously by going to the nationals. Yeah. Uh, just here and there, and there's a there's a couple of photographs of Andy Dallas performing, and and I never got to see him perform, but he always reminded me of my uncle Jerry. <laughs> I, you know, and I probably said that out loud once on Twitter when I saw because every time I see a picture of Andy Dallas, I think to myself, "It's my Uncle Jerry." He looks <laughs> just like my Uncle Jerry. That's yeah, of great. course, Springfield. And so, um, did you ever get? I mean, I know the city is a bit further, uh, but did you ever get to other parts? Like, did you get to hang around Valparaiso? I know that's not too far from where you are, right? I I haven't, and, and, and honestly. Uh, with hanging out with Andy for a while, uh, it got to the point where I would go in, buy a trick, whatever, and it got to the point where I would go into the shop and I wouldn't buy anything, and I would just sit and talk to him for hours. And he would close down the magic shop and literally just sit there and talk to me. Somebody come back and be like, "Hey," and he, you know, "Hey, Chris, do you want to help him with this trick?" And I kind of became part of the shop. You know, I obviously I wasn't on payroll, but it was. It, it was truly remarkable because Andy has a lot of collections as well, and he's just been kind of the godfather of magic for me. 
that's awesome. You know, that's a that's a rare blessing. Absolutely. Most people don't don't get that kind of experience. They aren't that lucky. Um, so you you know you know cherish that because uh, that doesn't that doesn't come around a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Andy is not uh, in the sleight of hand realm as much. Uh, he does more of focusing on business oriented, but the the thing Andy has taught me and the thing I've noticed a lot with, with you as well. Uh, and I, the thing I tell a lot of people when, when I perform is, uh, you know, the, how, how do they do the trick? How do they do the trick? And I'm like, man, honestly, the trick is about 10% of it. It's important, but how you are performing it to somebody and how you're presenting yourself is far more important for me. Cause I can do a trick and blow your mind, but that doesn't mean you're going to remember it. So I want sure, you to it's not remember be that that personal experience. Absolutely, right? We're always seeking and searching for that that upper echelon of engagement. Right, you know that right. where people walk away and they talk about it for the rest of their lives. And yeah, that's kind of a goal that we kind of have. I mean, personally, artistically, um, and you know what's funny is, I think it we're we're definitely we are. We have the ability to do that, but I also think that the, the spectators, so the audience watching, the uh-huh. people that are part of it, that engaging with you, have to also be in that that mindset or be pushed into that mindset. I, I don't want to push anyone. You know what I mean? Like right. I want to, I want to get them primed to be able to to feel this um, this this power, this emotional feeling that I want to offer my audience, right. and you know. So it's it's as much it, it's it's like a tango right that takes two of us to do it right right that's just more than just I can't just walk in and all right everybody I mean <laughs> maybe as you know I get older and better that might happen but right now in my life I I'm learning that it takes you know it's it's a two sided discussion and the more that you the more you learn about your audience the more engaging it becomes yeah and I think that's a lot of the reason I honestly started this podcast was. Magic has been a huge part of my life, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to reach out to as many as I would like uh, to share the same experience. Let's say uh, you obviously you got like Chris Ramsey, some of these guys, uh, and I, I haven't had the camaraderie that these guys have because of being in my location. I have to travel extensively. Uh, which is fine, but you know it's it's sometimes nice well, to be able on, to hold on. Yeah. Hold on, Chris. Yeah, I'm not trying to argue with you. I want to understand you better. Okay. But to to my understanding, Chris Ramsey lives in the middle of nowhere. Like you thought you lived in the middle of nowhere. Like I think that he lives in a town that I can't even pronounce. <laughs> you know, and, and so and it's far up. I mean, it's it's certainly it's in Canada, and it's not like in the Yukon. I don't want you to think that Chris Ramsey is lumberjacking in the Yukon no. that's not true he's but he's you know he lives in a pretty remote area and I think he too has to drive in to a major city like Ottawa or Montreal and right. to come to Toronto like it you know that's that's a long ways from him and so I think that with the advent of the internet and yeah, all of these different types of technologies that bring us closer together in a sense um it's you know we I learned I learned from the old school I, I you know my dad my dad taught me I used to go to magic shops you were lucky enough to have Andy Dallas that's why I said you're very blessed right um, 
but there's there's entire gen- new generation that never go to see a magic shop. I mean, that's kind of the, that's it. I mean, the, you know, I, I don't know if shops still open. I know most magic shops are definitely not thriving. Right. So there's going to be a time where there's going to be no magic shops. Right. And, and that's the reality for more people than not. And so I'm not trying to say that, you know, you, you were in a bubble. That's not true. Guys like Ramsey were, were just as far away from civilization, quote unquote, if you will, right. as you are or as anyone else. And so the, you know, by, by being able to use these tools, the social medias and email, and there's just, there's a lot of it. YouTube, this is how we connect with people and connect with that. The, the, the like-minded people that we would hang out with at a magic shop or have these discussions with at a magic club, right? And so while we don't have the magic shop or let's say the magic club, I mean, they're still there right. some some places. Uh, it's It hasn't gone away. It's just changed. It's just, you know, morphed into something else. You know, the magic club, really, it's like YouTube. Like you used to go to the, you would go to the magic club once a month and you'd show everyone what you got. You'd get some critique. Right. Well, now, you turn on your camera, <laughs> post your video to YouTube, boom, people all, that are already following or subscribed to you get an alert instantly that you've got this new piece of content up. They go check it out, and you have, like, critique within moments, right? Sometimes almost within 60 seconds of the post, right. you get people, other than people saying first, you'll get comments and discussion. And so what you were getting from the Magic Club what you were getting from a magic shop in the back room you're now also getting right here in youtube in the confines of your own home and you know we could make arguments that it's not exactly the same but it's pretty damn close and you don't have to wait 30 days or some habitual date to do it right you can do it anytime you want to have that discussion 24 hours a day well i think and so per- pertaining to, to, to social i think the biggest aspect um, I, I would, I would say I have definitely struggled with it being, I'm only 26, but, uh, the completely left turn here, but the immediate validation that social has brought as well, um, like Simon, I know he lives in Chicago. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, we're talking Simon Black. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I was supposed to meet with him and I didn't get the opportunity to, because it was a mega time crunch. But I, I completely agree with that that aspect. I guess it's the fact of like how bad do you really want to be a part of it? Like you said, even via via social, um, there's a lot of you know, hey, like, subscribe, and which which is great. But it, like the the value of the content, I guess for me and a lot of the people that watch my content are like, man, that's amazing, but they don't obviously see the amount of work that that's put into it. And that's something I'm well, also... I think that's, that's true with all magic, my friend. Oh, right? How many hours do we practice a move? Yeah, it's... And then we do it We do it once under their noses, and they don't <laughs> even know we're doing it. And, you know, but that's, that's, the, that's the fun part sometimes for some right. people. Right. You know, that's... And that, not necessarily for everyone, not me personally. That's not where I get my kicks. Like, fooling someone isn't as important to me as other things you know like spending time with myself devising and crafting you know compositions for magic basically that creating some type of construction that would flow into the like that kind of time by myself is is exquisite and i i love that and i don't get to do it all the time 
but man, when I do, it's it's a joy. And so I find that as exhilarating as fooling someone sometimes, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Each it's everyone, every man for himself, every woman for herself. Uh, but we all we all have the same drive. We all want the same thing, right? Right. We all want people to walk away loving magic the way that we do. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's our that's our job, right? That's kind of our gig. And so. You know, whatever, whatever, where, wherever you get your kicks, uh, as long as it, that all roads lead to that path, I think we're going to be all right. You know what I mean? I think that the new generations of magicians, doesn't matter if their style is different, doesn't matter if they've learned magic differently, doesn't matter if their, like I said, their performance style is completely different than anything anyone has seen. That's actually very cool. Um, as long as their audience walks away loving magic as much as we do, Right, we're cool. It, Chris Kenner, uh, that's the name, right? I believe he posted on Twitter the other day, and he said it's interesting how the online uh, magician, quote unquote, has been critiqued, and now you see people like uh, Wes Barker, which is one of Chris Ramsey's buddies, doing online shows because that's our only option right now. <laughs> he said it's crazy how everything has completely. Uh, revolutionized because of, of what's going on that now online yeah well is... certainly certainly what's going on has affected everyone around the world this is right we're all in that that boat there's no getting out of that one except for the two <laughs> astronauts that shot off to the uh space they, station before they, all they knew what they knew what they were doing <laughs> right talk about mentalists so um Specifically to Kenner's point, that's the executive producer of David Copperfield, if anyone doesn't know who Christopher Kenner is. Uh, I think he was specifically talking about using magic online, necessarily as a show, but more as like, can magic be as powerful online as it is offline in the real world? And, and that's always kind of been the old school's argument on top of a lot of other things, you know, like, like the... And I don't want you to think that all the old timers in magic feel this way. It's, you know, it's most with anything. There's always the people that are the loudest sometimes uh, aren't necessarily the majority. And so you have you've most of the young online magicians have felt that the older community has looked down upon them right. because they've learned magic this way and not the way that they were, quote unquote, supposed to. And, you know, I'm. I'm from an interesting generation. I'm a Gen Xer. So any, anyone listening, you'll realize I'm from the smallest generation of all the generations that have voices right now. And we're the ones that are kind of on the sideline and watching and listening and drinking our tea. And, <laughs> but, but more importantly, more importantly, specifically to this conversation, uh, I am from the generation where I wasn't born with a computer, but I was certainly young enough to appreciate computers when they came of age. And I certainly wasn't born with the internet, but I was also young enough to embrace it. And so I'm able to speak old school language and new school language. I get to sit on a fence. Actually, I like to tell people that I'm the, I put the Lee and liaison. That's and awesome. so I'm, I'm from the generation that kind of gets to sit on the fence between the old and the new, right? I'm not necessarily new, but I'm not necessarily old. Right. And so... And, and there's not a lot of us, right? We're a, like a, we're a microcosm of the, the bigger world, right? So like the Gen Xer magicians, like we're a very small group. 
and we're able to translate what the youth is saying to the elderly and we're able to <laughs> translate what the elderly are saying to the youth and what's interesting isn't that the old timers really thought that this was going to kill magic i you know that again there weren't that many people saying that, that i heard i heard people you know certainly talking negatively about the internet but once you have a conversation with them and discuss with them the opportunities that the internet brings and for magic specifically they kind of changed their tune. And so, you know, I, I know that there were people that were, you know, like, you know, Kenner was saying, you know, like there's the older generation was saying this. Like those guys, again, I, I don't want to yell at them. I don't want to tell them they're wrong. I want to explain to them what the deal is. That's how I've, I've liked to approach things. And like I think it's that's easy important. to tell someone, well, it's easy to tell someone to piss off, right? Oh, 100%. It's, it's easy to tell someone your ideas suck. <laughs> What's not easy is to explain to them in a, in a constructive way that is, is not in a way that harms anyone's ego or, you know, makes anyone feel like they're being put down, but explain to them the way that you see it. Because honestly, Chris, if you want magic to change for the better, then you got to change it yourself. Right. Right. You, you got you to gotta live the magic light that you want everyone else to see well and live. And then they'll follow. It's right? interesting so, because online, you'll, you'll, what you just said is, is extremely important in my opinion because you said, well, you have to change it. Everybody wants to put a context of like, well, you should really, you know, in the video, you're, you're doing this. You should really go do this. And it's, it's more of an advice that, that they're not willing to take themselves. Sometimes, I mean, you got to understand if someone's giving you constructive criticism, then you know, it's okay. It's okay to put your guard down right. and to hear what they have to say, because it's really hard to see what we're doing from the outside because we're doing it from the inside. Right. And so it's, you know, it, that, but then it comes down to your source and being a trustworthy, you know, someone that you trust, like Andy Dallas would be a great example. If you were to ask me for as a third party, like, who, you know, who should I trust? Well, ask Andy because Andy doesn't have any skin in the game to lie to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Andy's not trying to be better than you. He's not trying to one up you. He's not trying to take a gig from you. He's not trying to do anything that we ever perceive as fear from another magician. Right. And so you just have to find some trusted sources that are going to be honest with you. And some, you know, here's the part that this is the part right here. Honesty sometimes hurts. And when it hurts, we get defensive. And instead of getting defensive, we have to understand that the moment we hurt and oh, man, but that's okay. Now that you know, now you get to work on it. You get to change it. Think about how valuable that is, right? right Think exactly. about how valuable that is when someone gives you some honest critique. And in, and nine out of ten times, if you're not ready for it, we throw up the you know the crouching tiger, hidden dragon move, and uh, you know we evade away. It's like no, stand there, accept it, understand it, give it its space. Right. Allow it to hurt a little bit so you can understand it and then go fix it. And man, thank the person when you're finished. Because right, absolutely. that's you can't pay for that. You can't pay for that. So but getting back, getting back, I, I didn't mean to be no, long winded about my answer of the older generation, the younger generation. Context is I, I think it was it was more toward magic isn't really it doesn't fit this online medium. And obviously that's not that's not true. Right. And so you're talking about someone who didn't grow up with a computer, who doesn't really understand computers to the extent that the newer generation does, right. certainly doesn't understand social to the newest. And so now, like, they're just they're giving their opinion 
And, it, you know, and that's what I'm saying is that, yeah, man, it doesn't, it doesn't you can let it weigh it for what it's worth, you know, like they're, they're new to all this too. And so I think ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to is just the older generation wants the newer generation to understand magic the way that they do. Right. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a great thing. And, you know, I, I appreciate, I, I certainly understand why guys like Barker and Ramsey and Xavier Spade and all of that, and even Kenner to the extent sometimes will, you know, throw up a couple of, hey, see what, you know, these guys are complaining now, look at us. And I get it. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to some, you know, sometimes say like, hey, look, look what's happening. Right. But at the same time, you know, you're talking about an entire lineage, entire generations of magicians that have done this for five times longer than all of us combined. Right. And those guys have a ton of great information. I mean, great information that isn't necessarily captured on a YouTube video or captured through a podcast, for instance. Absolutely. You know, you, you have to read, you have to read or you have to, you know, call them up or you have to go visit them most, you know, most of the time. And so those guys, I just think they want to just still be heard and participate, you know, and I think if we recognize that early on and we understand it, it won't be as painful when they're like, ah, get off my lawn, kids, <laughs> you know, you just want to realize this guy actually wants us to hang on his lawn and talk magic, right? You know, that's really what he wants, you know, so, and, and vice versa, the younger generation have to understand the value in which these guys hold. It's, they do have a lot of value. 100%. And it's not, you know, yeah, it's easy to dismiss. It really is easy to go like, I don't need to learn anything from you. But what you're really saying is I don't need to learn 70 years of experience, whether it be good or bad. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the beautiful part is, oh, these guys suck. Great. Then they're going to have even better stuff for you. Right. Because, you know, they'll teach you how not to do it. Man, that's another one. How much does that cost? And so you see what I mean? Like it's, when we More start than, understanding value from both sides, right? I think it'll be, it'll be less of an argument and more of a discussion. And in, in the same notion, I think that's, that's important because I know Andy with, you know, him, him being older, uh, his sleight of hand uh, has taken a slight left turn and he's still phenomenal at what he does. But the insight of how he has allowed me to perform, be myself, what I want to leave the audience with. Uh, and we, we've had three hour discussions that I would put under lock and key and take to my grave that I, I can never replace. Um, sleight of hand's great, but the information he has given me uh, just as a performer, as, as a person, as, as you know, a father figure, if you will, um, is far more valuable than, than, than the slights themselves, honestly. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, really, you're kind of nailing it on the head right there. You know, they offer a lot more than just the move. And Andy is old school, let me tell you. <laughs> sure. I mean, he it was he was even pre computers, pre internet. Mike and, and Michael sure Lamar asked him. Michael Lamar, he is in yeah. love with Michael Lamar. <laughs> sure, who isn't? Absolutely. You know, if you if you ask Andy, he probably had to learn magic from the magic shop or he had to <laughs> almost go through an apprenticeship mentor style kind of learning. Right. And you know, what's interesting about the internet is that what the older generation kind of fears is will never happen actually is the, is the opposite. You know, like the internet, like if you posted up some stuff and there was some guy on YouTube that came around and saw your video and made a comment and like, yeah, you know, what if you did it this way? And you took the advice and you're like, oh, that's right. And it was good. And then all of a sudden you got better. And then 
now all of a sudden there's that mentor student relationship mm-hmm. it might not be in live not physically but it is virtually right and you know the deal is like a magic meeting is only an hour long <laughs> you know right and then the rest of the time i'm by myself so really i'm only losing out on that one hour oh but i'm gaining it in in everywhere else so I, you know there's the older generation was scared that it's all going to go away and it's going to be a big hole. And the truth is that's not true. Right. It's just, it's just morphed into something else, you know, it, and there is no hole behind it. There's legacy and understanding. Right. And right. so the, the new generation of magicians that are learning all this magic online and through YouTube, I mean, are they, are they horrible people? Or are they the next generation of magicians? No, 100%. Right? I totally agree. And so it's it's just understanding it and stepping back from it. And to say something is bad, like, you you know, it had to have been around a long time for, to, for us to understand that. And the net hasn't been around that long. And so to say something like that with impunity makes no sense. Right? right? And again, it's it comes from fear of the unknown. 100%. And wanting to just be heard and not left behind. Daniel Madison and has so, been my 3 a.m. magic buddy. <laughs> With all his sure, he's on a different time zone than you are. Touche. <laughs> so it's three a.m. for you, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> but it is he's, normal he's, business hours he's for Mister Madison. <laughs> right. Well, the let, sun's up for him. Let me let me ask you this, and then I'll let you uh, let you get on your way. Um, if you could, I know this is a broad spectrum, but uh, I had a lot of people. I've talked to my father uh, about. He's been through kind of the whole thing with me over fifteen years, and. I said, Dad, I think I'd really like to start teaching even the basics of how to, you know, how I got into it, how you could get into it. And Dad said, I don't think you realize how much time and effort it's going to take, and not many people want to put that in. So from your perspective as somebody that does this professionally, Lee, um, what what's something you could give to somebody listening to this podcast? Uh, just some words of advice on, I, I, I'm interested in magic. Where, where do I go? What do I do? That's a really great question, Chris. Um, and you know, I I had a different answer for you about a year ago. Okay. But things have changed, <clears throat> and so I have I have a two tiered answer for you now. Love them both. And what I mean by that is I'm going to offer you a paid answer. Okay. And a free answer. Okay. Okay. So depending on you know where you are in life financially, if you have some extra money, you might okay. want to invest it in yourself. And this is a great way to do it. And my best advice for that is that master class, you know, I think it's a hundred dollars per class, or you can buy in for like 250 bucks for the year and go take some lessons from Penn and Teller. Yeah. Right. Who, who better to learn magic from right. than Penn and Teller. And what's really cool is that Penn and Teller invited one of their mentors, John Thompson. Mm-hmm. And so you're learning magic from two different but two generations of incredible, World. serious professional magicians yep. for a hundred bucks. <laughs> I don't think right? people understand guess, the magnitude of what you just said. <laughs> it's, it's, it's impressive. It yep. really is impressive. And it was one of John Thompson's, I think it was his last major project on video. And so like you're, you're getting an entire lifetime of knowledge for that hundred bucks. And so there is no better way to learn magic right now than those guys. Um, if you're if you don't have the hundred dollars, and I completely understand that, mm-hmm. then you can definitely go to, to places like YouTube. Um, YouTube, 
is a great place to start. It'll naturally, you'll be attracted to stuff. The, uh, the algorithm will start handing you stuff automatically. Um, and you'll find your way, you know, and, and that's okay if you're a beginner, right? You don't, it's not like, uh, you know exactly what you want and that's exactly what you're going to get. Like, no, it's, it's going to take you some time to swim through this lake. It's pretty big. And once you find like the little shore where you want to like, you know, sunbathe, by all means, get out of the lake and go sunbathe. I'm sorry for this beach analogy. It's just the weather is nice outside. (laughs) And so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, go, go naturally, just go look at everything, go, go find stuff and get naturally attracted to something. You might, you might say to yourself, you know what? I really like these, these mind readers. And then you get into it and you start seeing this cardistry thing and you're like, whoa, this cardistry thing's cool. And you never knew about cardistry until you got into it. Right. And so go, just go swim for a bit. Go look at everything. Is cardistry something you're into? Uh, you know, into, I would define into because do I currently practice it? Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore. When I'm, I was younger, I'm not on Shano's level. I'll put it that way. I'm sorry. I'm not on Shano's level. I'll put it that way. Ah, uh, yeah, no. Shano is very impressive. <laughs> and there's a lot of impressive guys, but you have to remember, you know, I, I'm in my forties. And right. so when I was Shano's age, I assume he's in his twenties. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't like this, right? There was only a, a couple of us, and now that's in my area. So let's say around the world, there was probably you know less than a hundred, is my guess. Uh, it was very small. Like I say, it was pre-internet. Uh, it it was not going to say it looked down upon, but it was certainly looked down upon more than it is today, right? Used to hear things like you're juggling cards. <laughs> And as we know, it's not, you're not really juggling cards. You're expressing yourself. Right. Just the same way you'd be expressing yourself if it were dance. Right. And so, and, and listen, when an, one magician argues with another magician about expressing yourself, the uh, first magician's got a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it wasn't the same thing in, in a sense today as it was back when I was doing it. Uh, I was certainly most wholeheartedly into it. And, and I want to believe that I brought some really fresh, innovative ideas to it for my time. I mean, you look back at my, my, my entrance, you know, to cardistry back then, and you look at the stuff that I came up with, and you put it up today, and there's a couple of things that still hold. Mm-hmm. Some stuff, not so much. You know, some of my mid-air cuts, I mean, I didn't probably get past three. But that's okay. I, I was using it for false cut purposes, and, like, right. I, had, I had purpose to it, right? But then you have other things like Yo, which really had no purpose other than being cool. And... The diving board double, which was a double lift, but at the same time, it could be an acrobatic diving board double version, so shoot in the air. Um, you know, there was there's all types of stuff. The Silver Surfer, but that, that was a double lift that slid down the pack, so it had purpose. Your pin tweet, I can't get over. Yeah. Dude, that is... That's, that's diving board double. That's so that. And beautiful. again, thank you. That was... If, for anyone that doesn't know what my pin tweet is, it's me standing there with a deck of cards, kind of riffling them, and then saying, I'm going to show you how to you produce four aces. <laughs> and I throw the entire deck behind my back, and over my shoulder comes, and four cards land in my hand. The deck vanishes, except for four aces. It's and it's crazy, so and it's legit. It's legit. I can do it for you, like, right in front of you. There is no camera no edits. Wow. No, sir. And I'm not throwing them on the floor. Like, it's a legitimate technique that I've... I created and I used and I, I obviously I haven't practiced it, uh, you know, since COVID time or whatnot. There's right. no reason to. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a really cool thing. I, I, man, it's been written up for 20 years. It's in print, you know. So it's a like I say, it's a legitimate method. 
Um, so good. And that's the, that kind of stuff. Thank you, by the way. That kind of stuff. Uh, and not that it was looked down upon. It was just like, you know, it, uh, you're juggling. You know, and it's like, well, actually, though, there's there's a magic effect here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm throwing the entire deck over my shoulder, and only four cards come back down. What the hell? <laughs> you know, forty like one. <laughs> that's what I yeah man you know and, and I understand that it, it it defies gravity in such a way that people would think that it's you know it's it's closer to juggling than let's say card magic, um, but I, like you know I I think that the community has changed, and so there was a handful of us back then and now there's entire generations built, you know and what's interesting you got to think about this like you think about like the Buck Twins for instance. Uh-huh. You know, they were they were young kids when I was hanging out with them. Yeah. They, I was showing them this stuff, and they were being inspired. And my buddy Joe Burton was showing them this stuff, and they were being inspired. And my, my friends Josh Sadowski and Austin Kotke. And, like, you know, like there was a group of us that were, you know, in Southern California and Las Vegas and that, you know, that area of the, the Americas. And, again, this was just as the Internet was starting to rise. And so you have these young kids, the Buck Twins, who are teenagers, young teenagers, who are coming to some of these conventions and seeing this stuff, and then you know being weaned onto this this kind of style of card magic, and and then for them to turn around, you know, and actually the first place they, they put out a, a couple, I think a set of notes and maybe a video called Nursery Rhymes in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it was very very underground. It was not easy to get a hold of. I mean, you had to like really be within the circle, within the circle, within the circle. And uh, I put them on a, a, a project of mine that went global very quickly because of its distribution channels. It was one of the early projects with Murphy's Magic Supplies. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I knew that they were already selling around the world, so I knew if this was their project, they were going to get this in every single magic shop known to man. Right. And so, you know, I, I was able to introduce everyone to the Buck Twins for the first time. And this was, this was monumental. You know, this was really big. And I didn't, I had no idea at the time. I was just spotlighting two guys that were doing some cool stuff. Right. You know, like that was, that was what my goal was. But at at the time, you know, the world was changing. People were adapting a little more to certain ideas and and theories. And we didn't have to stick so much to the do nothing and it will be more magical, you know, and be natural. And now we're kind of moving into be supernatural. Right, and, and that's interesting, you know. That's interesting to, to watch and be part of this. And it could be a fad, and that's fine. So were bell bottoms. Everyone <laughs> wore them. Don't buy, you know. And then you went back to wearing regular jeans. But at least you tried. At least you you moved with the tide, you know, just to see. Right. And it, you know, it, it's it has grown into generations past the buck. And the Beth Twins obviously did some really incredible things for the community, Cardistry Con. You know, like there was, there's a lot there. I'm, man. I'm yet to go really... to, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I between me and you and the fence post, I have not been to one either, yeah. and it's just been at a time of year where I just was, I'm not able to make it. I got close one year when it was in Hong Kong. I was actually in Shenzhen, which was right across the border in mainland China from Hong Kong, uh-huh. and uh, and I was not able to get to it. Um, but that's okay. One of these days, I will get to it. I'll meet. I'll but meet these you there. guys, I mean, this the community of today is is incredibly impressive and i'm very proud very proud of where it's gone and where it's going and i agree you know to be able to 
to be able to be part of one of the last generations of having to hear about how we shouldn't do it, you know, I mean, that sucks. But if that's the case, I'll be this. We'll be the sacrifice. Right. <laughs> right. As long as the generations afterward don't have to hear that and that they go and invent and do stuff. And where it gets really, really interesting, Chris, for me at least, is that the cardists are in the front group of all of us, the magicians and the collectors and the gamblers and the, the game players and all the, you know, all that stuff. They're in the front for innovating playing cards. They're doing things with cards that cards weren't meant to do. Right. And they're going to want more. Yep. And by them wanting more, the manufacturer, it's Cardamundi, for instance, who is, you know, the Lord, the biggest fish in the sea right now. And I think they are listening. I think the cardists are going to say things to the manufacturer that are going to make them research and develop and create and innovate. And we're all going to win. And I, so I agree with that. You know, that's, I think, at least for me, that's where I find it to be highly interesting and extremely relevant and incredibly compelling. I agree. No, that's, it's, I'm excited to see, see where it's going and I'm excited to see where, um, I'm excited to hopefully meet you sometime down the road, and yeah, man. You know what? I'll get back into the states one of these days. I, I live in Canada now, yeah, Toronto with my wife, um, and a lot of you know before COVID, pre-COVID, uh, BC as I like to say before COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, I was I was traveling a lot to to Asia. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of work outside of the Americas, um, so I, it's been a while since I've kind of you know come down and played in the in in my home country. Uh, and, and, and it's not because I, I don't want to, it's just literally, you know, I'm just, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm moving with the tide right. and Absolutely. I'm just going to places that are interesting and they have interesting projects and they understand my value and want to play with me. And so it's, it's been an incredible experience. And I hope that post COVID PC, uh, things hopefully return to somewhat normal. If not, that's okay. It's a new tide, right? Let's keep moving. Where are we going? I don't know. As long as we're going, well, that's all. That's all that matters. I mean, it's it's just just to keep moving, and and that's why, like, I I hope people that have made it this far in the podcast will um, certainly. You're telling me you're telling me people aren't listening anymore, Chris. Well, I'm hoping they start. <laughs> uh, it's just me and you. Just me and you. No, it's. <laughs> I, that's totally cool, man. I'm in. I'm enjoying myself. I, having this um, conversation with you besides Andy so if no one's listening then that's okay it's besides Andy it's it's hard to get a uh, a conversation with somebody who has uh, passion within the same field and and uh, things of that nature but I yeah, I will you know uh, what? It's, I, I hear you I hear you and again I'm not I don't want to argue with you I think that if you go look and you put yourself out there and I know you are because I follow you on socials and I see you doing it. But if you continue, right, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Oh, this is but 15 years continue, in the making and still going. <laughs> right. If you continue to do what you love and chase your bliss, people will be obliged to notice what you're doing. See what I mean? Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's kind of the deal. Like Ramsey and Xavier Spade and Wes Barker. I mean, these guys are just living their lives. Right. Right. They're just doing what they love. They're chasing their bliss and everyone else is obliged to watch. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's I know I know there's a lot of, of eyes on them. And um, I uh, 
I'm just, like I said, I'm at a stage where, like, I, I've loved magic for so long, and now I'm kind of like, what do I want to do with it? Because, like, stage magic's really not something... I, I, I'm more interested in, like, becoming a speaker and using magic. I have a buddy named Vin Jing. He does keynote speeches. And that's something I DM'd you about on Twitter um, and spoke to you about. But it's, it's definitely a new world, and I think this Zoom... Uh, virtual meeting thing is going to become more popular, to be honest, um, as, as time yeah, continues. maybe. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't, uh, I mean, I have a couple of crystal balls, but none of them are working. Well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the future holds for us. I just know this. Can we ever name a time in history where there was no magic? Not that I'm aware of. Right. So I don't think it's coming due anytime soon. And so we just have to adapt. That's our game, that's, right? We've been adapting game. since the start. That's 100% And we've, we've been adapting on top of technologies for so long, you know, and it's hard. It's just going to get harder. But yep. that's our gig. That's what we do. We're good at it. Right. And there's no one else that can do it better than us. <laughs> and so here we are, you know, and so Zoom shows, that is certainly one answer. But that's not the only answer. 100%. I, you know, I, I follow a lot of what happens around the world in newspapers, you know, and in blog accounts and stuff, at least in the English-speaking world. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching very carefully what other magicians are doing. And there's a guy actually not too far from you, my friend. Okay. Somewhere in Illinois. We'll have to look. Maybe Peoria. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. Where his name is Arthur Fertelli. Uh, that's that, probably not how you say his last name either. Because when I say that out loud, I think Goonies, and I don't think that's the case. <laughs> and so the Fratelli brothers, it's, but I think his, name, his first name is Arthur for sure. And he's doing something very smart where he's decided that the threshold, the frame door of your home is his frame. And you sit in your home with your door open, and he performs his show at your door. Oh, wow. Now think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. We're close-up magicians, right? You and I both do the... Right. We just go there. Our environment's our environment. We just got to do what we got to do. Right. We don't have a stage. There is no... I mean, there's bad angles, but there's certainly not like wings and bad angles. Right, and, right. And sight lines and that kind of thing. Well, now, all of a sudden, he's turned their threshold, their front door, the frame of their... That like, long rectangular part of the door with it hanging open into his wings and his frame and his stage. And now all he's got to do is just reach off frame a little bit and get his next thing. And so his entire, you know, his entire backstage is like your, <laughs> your walkway walking up to your door. <laughs> no, and, and that's think, incredible. Think about that. Think about that. Right. Because think about that. Um, Chris Ramsey and Wes Barker actually have a podcast called Bottom of the Barrel. And they were just sure. talking about Wes doing uh, Zoom, essentially Zoom uh, magic. And Chris chimed in and was talking about how that could literally be uh, a thing like that way you know you you call uh, the the I don't want to say zoom magician but you know you're you're the guy that hey call him he can do one and you create a show specifically designed for zoom whether it be with effects um, you drop it off camera whatever it may be that's specifically that what that show is for chris said how marketable would that be especially in today's society sure right now? we're seeing we're seeing guys do that right we're seeing like helder in Los Angeles do that at the Geffen Theater. Yeah. We're seeing Max Major do that up in Syracuse. Um, actually, I think right now, 
the smartest guy in the game, in my opinion, for the Zoom stuff, is Coach Chakimlad. Um, I think he's worlds ahead of everyone. Just his just his last uh, his last campaign is so on point and so where we need to be thinking that you know, like, yeah, if, if I'm, I'm surprised that people just aren't straight up robbing his ideas because they're <laughs> that good. I mean, they're really like he's he's not only a fantastic, fantastic magician and performer, but he's an incredibly smart businessman. Always has been. I've known Coach just since he was a young boy. When I say young boy, probably in his like 15. But, you know, even when I when I first met him, I just you could tell you could tell he was different. And he's just like he's embraced this Zoom concept in such a way. And his latest campaign, like, I, you know, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see. But he's got he's working in combination with a food delivery, like a restaurant that delivers high end food. That's interesting. And so you're getting a, a meal and a show. And this is exactly where we need to be thinking. Ooh, I see what you're talking about. Okay. We're not, we're not, I mean, where do we fit in in people's lives now? Right. No one's going to parties anymore. Right. Where do we fit in? And what? so what Kostya has realized, and I'm sure a lot of other people have realized too, but certainly Kostya out loud has realized is that we fit in in the same place we've always fit in. It's in between courses. Right. It's at functions. You know, it's at events. The way it's done has just, just changed. It's that's it. Nothing's changed. Just it's it's method, right? Like oh, we're just doing it this way now. Blaine has been and on so, it heavy too. I've been seeing him with right. nurses on iPads. It's been incredible. Right, and so, you know, I think that we need to understand how we fit into the scheme of things. Right. And who we fit in with, and Coach, like I say, really provides a beautiful example of we fit in with the meal, right? Like restaurant magicians. How obvious is this one? Yeah, <laughs> yep. been there. We fit in with the meal. <laughs> been there. And yep. so if that's the case, how come magicians aren't approaching, in every town, how come magicians aren't approaching the high-end restaurants that are still delivering meals and making deals with them? Because that adds value to both companies. And this is that this is, so, is the new age. That is so outside is, the box. I love that. It's so yeah. Well, this is this is the kind of stuff that Coach Kim lot likes to think about and execute. And it's guys like him who are going to ignite a path for us in this new world. Right. And we can you know we can decide that we're going to reinvent the wheel all we want, or <laughs> we're going to under we're going to take a page from the, this guy's playbook. Right. And make it our own. Right. And understand it and work it and. And be smart. Yeah. Be I'm, clever. I'm not about fighting and, the flow. And, I'm. And here's I'm going to give you the flip side to this, Chris. Okay. Because I don't think this what I'm about to say is said too much either, and it's okay what I'm about to say. I think that not everyone's built for a Zoom show. 100. And and I'm not I'm not trying to uh, project anything here because I haven't done many Zoom shows, but. In, in, the, in the scheme of things, you got to understand that a guy like Coach Jakim Lott is literally NBA stat, right? Like, talk about the amount of people that play basketball and then the amount of people that actually get drafted into the NBA. Right. And it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it's cream of the cream of the cream of the crop. Right. And, and Coach is in that. I mean, he's Kevin Durant, for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this guy is no joke. And so 
I don't think that everyone's going to be able to play on this in this in this realm. Right. I think there's going to be just enough. There's going to be enough to fill all the teams, and you're going to get your league season, and everything's going to be fine. But I don't. In, in the scheme of Magic, though, I don't think that everyone's built for this. So I agree. With that said, this is and this is important again, and you don't hear this said enough, and it's okay. It is totally okay. I think that it's time for us to reassess our our strengths and our value. Yep. And our value isn't always necessarily in entertaining someone. Right? Think about this. If you're a professional magician, mm-hmm. okay, and you call a client or a client calls you back or however you get on the phone with a client and you start talking about this incredible experience that you create. And by the way, you've probably created this experience in your underwear after a couple of beers. Touche. Right? I mean, <laughs> literally. Like, think about how magic is created. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. And here we are. We're, we're talking to a professional client, explaining to them the kind of magical experience that you're going to offer, <laughs> and they believe it. Yep. They buy it. Yep. They're like, yeah, this sounds great. And then they actually pay you money to do it. Now, that skill right there of being able to get on the phone and literally sell the impossible is one hell of a skill. And this is what I'm talking about. Right now in our industry, the magic industry, there isn't a lot of work, right? I mean, unless, like I say, unless you are going to go into the Zoom realm, there, there isn't a lot of work from the top down. End, okay, talk, even from consulting end, from television end, it's just, just no work. Right. And so you can sit here and you can hope to God that it's going to come back soon. Or you can take this incredible skill that you have. And that's just one of them. I'm just giving you one example that you've got so many. To be able to be a professional magician is, takes so many skills for it to work. And so just take one of them and go to an industry. Pivot to an industry that actually will pay you to use your skills for them and go sell something if you can sell the impossible my god imagine how easy it would be to actually sell a tangible product that somebody actually needs and it's it's and so, it's, it's super funny you say that because i'm actually my real job is like i work as a wireless agent i love what i do because i get to perform to customers but yes using the magic and they're like oh my gosh you know to make it appear under their brand new cell phone creates such a bond that yes the phone is great but the experience is is bar none i mean it's it's unmatched around this area I'm not, and i take pride I'm not in telling that. anyone i'm not telling anyone to quit magic please <laughs> don't translate what i'm saying into believing that i'm telling you to quit magic all i'm doing is telling you to reassess your skills and your value and go use them in an industry that will pay you for it right now right you can still do zoom shows you can still do anything that you've planned to do right but you can also do other things that will pay you right now. 100%. And, and I can't stress that enough because if you wait long enough with no work, you're never going to do magic again. Yep. And so we don't want that. So it's totally okay to pivot away for a little bit. And again, I'm not telling you to leave it. I'm just telling you to just turn, just turn, just turn. and help over here for a moment right. while still doing what you love over here. Right. And I think that people will gain incredible self-worth and value and confidence in ways we would have never gained pre-COVID. And I don't hear people in the magic world saying that loud enough. 
You know, I, I see everyone screaming Zoom shows, but again, I think we're talking NBA stats. Right. You know, I, I think we're we're only talking. You know, and look, look, the Zoom show is it's hot, it's popular right now, which means there's going to be more people coming in. It's going to be saturated. It's going to be harder. Right. And you know, we're just one part, one sliver of performance artists. Right. You've got people. You know, who could listen to music, and there's a play, and, th- and there's so many other things, and it's going to get really crowded. Right. I, and I so, agree. just just understand that you're valuable, and your worth is considerable. Just understand it, and then know who else needs it. Absolutely. And then go do it. Go pivot over, and it's okay. Well, that's. <laughs> I think that's one hell of a podcast, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Well, I uh, I'm glad you let me eat some lunch because oh yeah, no worries. Was getting low, and it it would have been a much shorter, much hung, hangrier kind of thing. You know what? That guy's an idiot. How dare he say? <laughs> we'll we'll just edit. We'll just edit that. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Um, like I said, uh, if you guys wanted to check this out on the uh the podcast the, the podcast name i come up with which i'm super proud of is called if magic was real uh, i think it's super interesting to think i think we all want to you know we want to believe that that what is happening is happening and i think that's that's a part of it and uh, well, hey brother you know what's happening right now it's really happening yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to bring everyone back to reality but it's happening it's uh yeah it's 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 definitely a different world and i think I think it's going to be interesting to to go look forward at uh, how this plays out. But like I said, regardless, I think the the insight that you've given us on on uh, just the realm of everything going on with performance wise, even non performance wise, is is very insightful. And I hope you guys listening to the podcast have gotten some value out of bringing the uh, the man himself onto the podcast. And I cannot thank you enough for making an hour long to be able to do this more of a myth and a legend than the man but i appreciate your uh, your kind words we, we we define it however we define it <laughs> so thank you so much lee for for coming on and uh guys if you uh, lee's on instagram now like what he i know right <laughs> as of january 1st i decided i i just i couldn't take it any longer i kept hearing about how awesome it was and how I'm missing out on all this great stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Lee's got some incredible <laughs> content. And then, and then I actually went, I went and checked and I was like, yep, I was definitely yep. missing out on a lot of stuff. <laughs> He's also on Twitter. So go follow him and check out that pinned tweet. Guys. I am on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Yes, I so am. So good. I'm, I'm one of the few still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good to have it. So, you know, what's crazy. I what's actually, up? I understand Twitter. Twitter and I are like, we're brothers. We get it. I understand I understand it in ways that I do, but I you guess gotta, no one else does. You, you got to stay but away from Instagram, the. You got to stay away from the trending page, though. It's so. Yeah, it's know, so I, nasty. I look. I look at it for news every once in a while and whatnot. It is. It's just. Um, it's. It's like. It's so. It's so nasty. It's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but, that's not too hard to stay away. By from. the way, the world's imploding. Like. <laughs> yeah. So. But that's you know, I I think that there's there's still a lot of interesting people there. That are still hanging around, not not necessarily in our industry, but that are interesting enough that could affect our industry. And so, you know, I, I'm still there. And like I say, I, I understand the platform in ways that I don't understand Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it took me like I don't know a week to figure out how to like swipe to the left. 
You should, my you should try TikTok. I am on TikTok. Are you real? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest with you here. I actually spend my nights TikTok at TikTok for yep. hours. You know they have and a wellness incredible. program. They have a wellness program where they Do have. They? Yeah, there's like it. It'll remind you as you're swiping. A guy will come on your screen and say, "Hey, you've been scrolling for a while. Go get some water, take a break, and then come back." I've seen this guy. <laughs> I've totally seen that this be, guy. Lee, that means you've been on it too long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's uh, it's incredible. It's it's so compelling. I just can't stop watching it. Yeah. There's some content. I mean, it's hit. It's like a slot machine, right? Like you put some coins in, and every once in a while, you get it pays you back. And so that's it. Like I'll scroll through a whole bunch of stuff, and every once in a while, there'll be a video that I will laugh out loud. But the sharing capabilities, and, and, the sharing capabilities are immaculate. Yeah, you're talking about like the dual screen stuff. Well, the the duetting, yes. But if I share. I can literally send you the message, you click on it, it automatically takes you, pulls you, rips you, drags you into TikTok. Oh, it, I didn't know this. Yeah, like if I text you a video, I can send you a video from my TikTok, send it to you, then it yanks you back into TikTok to that specific video. It's incredible, and the sharing capabilities are insane. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know enough about it. I mean, I, I have got an well, account, and I've got a couple of videos that were just for my Instagram, basically. It might be in trouble, um, <clears throat> which I'm sure you've seen. It with, uh, with all the privacy stuff? Yeah, uh, the United States is looking at banning it. I don't think it'll happen, to be completely honest. I think there's too much value there, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's that you know when you start talking about things at a, a a governmental political level you're at you're you've lost me it's too complex <laughs> i don't blame you i don't i don't i don't understand it nor do <laughs> i you know i don't know man i don't know um i just know that i spend hours at night and it's crazy because i'll go to bed and the next thing i know it's two in the morning and i'm like what do you mean it's two in the morning <laughs> you gotta up your wellness I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Why? Where did all this time go? And it's gone to you know. And it obliterates uh, your battery Tony with a duck. Yes. Well, I'm plugged in usually at night, so I don't uh, I don't get to notice that. But yes, yes. All, all these new apps are you know, these new fed-dangled apps need to get off my lawn. <laughs> but all right, guys, we're gonna let Lee go so he can get back to doing what he does. Uh, Lee, we seriously appreciate you coming a lot on. Of crying. <laughs> and uh, we we will see you in person eventually, but until then, we're gonna let you get back on TikTok or whatever you are doing. Thanks, Chris. I, I appreciate I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk with you and share my thoughts. And uh, if anyone listening actually gets this far and thinks that it's interesting and wants to talk more, you can obviously find me at leeasher.com. That's easy L E E A S H E R dot com. And or even Instagram, I'm Lee Asher Magic. I'm also Lee Asher Magic on Twitter. And yeah, we can continue the conversation. Absolutely. I will be plugging everything you have via social onto this podcast. So <laughs> cool. So. All right, friend. Thank you again. I appreciate your time and uh, the opportunity to, to be on your platform. Believe me, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Lee. Cool. I'll speak to you soon, Chris. See you, bud. Bye.